Hi, and welcome to Ear Tours American History. This podcast is to tell stories of American history as told by Doug McCormick, a tour guide and history enthusiast and co-hosted by his daughter, Brianna McCormick, who doesn't remember dates and facts about anything despite being told several times. We hope you enjoy these stories. Let us know if you have any feedback. Thank you for listening. Okay, today we're going to go back and talk about George and Martha Washington. We had some previous episodes um, that we tried to do about George Washington, but we decided to go ahead and redo them. So this will be the first of the series on George Washington. So, Dad, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to talk about George and Martha, but... uh... Maybe not what you would think. We're going to talk about their family situation and their the children uh, and what happened to all that. Uh, we're not going to get into uh, any detail about George uh, and all the, of course, all the leader of the Continental Army and her first president and leader of the Constitutional Convention. We're not going to do that. We're going to we're going to focus on George and Martha and their marriage and then. Uh, the children. Of course, they did not have their own children. Um, Martha had children from her first marriage. So anyway, uh, Martha was born in June of 1731. That was called Ch- Chestnut, Chestnut Grove Plantation, which is about 15 miles east of where uh, Richmond, Virginia is today. It was by the, it was called the Pamunkey River. The river's still there today. Pamunkey was kind of an interesting name, but it was for the uh, Indian tribe that was in that area of Virginia. It's in uh, New New Kent County. She was born Martha Dandridge. Her parents were John and Francis Dandridge. She was the first uh, child of eight children that they had. So she has a number of uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, she has a fairly typical upbringing in Virginia. Um, the Dandridge's plantation was about 500 acres, which was not too, it was pretty much kind of middle of the road, uh, middle. It certainly was not uh, anywhere near some of the large plantations in the area uh, of Virginia. But she has a fairly typical uh, upbringing, um, does learn to read and write though, which some women in Virginia uh, did not get educated are we talking like the majority of women didn't know how to read and write? Or are we talking like half and half? Or are we talking... Uh, good question. I would say it's probably less than 50% maybe could read and write. Uh, certainly it depended on, you know, what you, what family you were born into and how much money the family had. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were middle, the, the uh, Dandridges. So she was Martha Dandridge, um, middle class... Um, she is, as she grows up, uh, there, of course, the parents are looking to find who she's going to marry. Trying to marry her off. Yeah. Get rid of her. And, <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of typical at the time for, uh, what she did with the, uh, young, young girls as they came up and early, early marriages were not, um, uncommon, um, there was, I remember reading one, 
family that they said they had a daughter that was 20 years old and they thought she was ancient. Yeah, that's uh, pushing it. Yeah, Gosh. To, to have not been married by 20, <laughs> she was ancient. <laughs> so, What is she going to do? Yeah. So anyway, she meets. Um, she is at the governor's mansion there in Williamsburg, Virginia for dances. But she's, it's just a few miles down the road. Uh, there's a family there uh, whose last name is Custis. Uh, so she meets a young, well, he's not actually that young. Uh, his name is Daniel Park Custis. And they own, uh, it was called White House Plantation. It was only about four miles down river uh, on the Pamunkey River from where the Dandridges lived. So she's how old and she meets this guy at a party? She is like, um, well, the, exactly when they first meet uh, because of them living so close together, I can't tell you. Um, they may have actually met at the local Anglican church, which uh, that church is still there, by the way. It's oh, called St. St. Peter's Parish. Much better than a party. Yeah. Well, I, but there were... were a lot of the girls and boys met were at dances around Virginia. Some of them were at the governor's mansion. The, the more elite uh, uh, would be invited to the governor's mansion. But dances were where a lot of, and I think it was at one of those dances where it was kind of like, oh, okay, um, Daniel now starts to show quite a bit of interest. And he's in, how old? Well, he, when they get married, he's uh, like 38 years old and she's 18. Oh so my God. She, yes. <laughs> he is 20 years older than oh. she is when they get married. Okay. Um, so then the, one of the quick questions is, well, why didn't he get married earlier? Why was he such an old guy when he got married? Um, well, Daniel's father, who's, who's, his name was John Custis IV, uh, initially disapproved of Martha. And in fact, uh, he was, well, politely you would call him uh, hard to get along with maybe, kind of curmudgeonly. Uh, I would call him, to a certain extent from what I read, a jerk. Mm. Um, he torpedoed all of Daniel's potential mates. Uh, his, Daniel had uh, tried to date and had found some potential uh, matches. But uh, the father, John Custis IV, torpedoed them all. Um, and he, even when Martha came along, threatened uh, Daniel and said, if you marry her, I am disinheriting you. Why didn't he like her? Uh, well, he didn't like anybody. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, so it wasn't and, just her. Yeah, it wasn't just her. He didn't like anybody. Like I said, he torpedoed all of her, all of Daniel's earlier uh, attempted uh, uh, possibilities. Hmm. But he finally relented, and they think it was because of one time he really sat down and talked with Martha, and Martha kind of won him over, and he finally agreed and said, "Oh, because he thought he thought Daniel was marrying down." He thought the Dan they because uh, the Custises they had a whole lot of money, and the Dandridges while they were middle middle class didn't have nearly as much money. So uh, Custis thought his son Daniel was marrying down, hmm. um, but he finally relented. 
he never gets, uh, John Custis IV never gets to go to the marriage because he dies uh, a few months after agreeing that Daniel can marry Martha. So anyway, uh, Martha marries Daniel Park Custis in May of 1750. She's 18, almost 19. He's 38, going on 39. They were married at that uh, Martha's home there at Chestnut Grove. But the plantation that the Custises had, that now Daniel has, um, since his father has died, is called White House, not to be confused with the White House in Washington, D.C., but it was called White House Plantation. Um, there's 20 years difference, but they have a good marriage. Um, Martha gives birth to four children. So the first two, though, um, die. The Well, from what? That's... Uh, I can't tell you in particular, but only about, if I remember the numbers right, at that time, only about 60% of children born in Virginia made it to the eight, to uh, age of 20. Mm. So death from children was pretty common, and that's one of the reasons they uh, there were large families a lot of times, because they knew that um, some of them weren't going to make it. Mm. Um, the first two... First child, his name was Daniel, after the father, lived about three years. The second was a daughter. She lived about four years. Her name was Frances. So the first two passed away, so that is, you know, devastating to Martha. The second two children, um, John Park Custis, he was called Jackie. He was born in 1754, and then Martha Park Custa, Custis. She was born in 1756. Her nickname was Patsy. Those two do survive. Um, but Daniel Park Custis then, Martha's husband, dies in July of 1757. So she finally so, has two kids that live and then the husband dies the next year. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, so boy. one of the, the overall themes of this talk is... When we're talking about Mar Martha, she saw a lot of tragedy in her life. She outlived all four of her children. and out, the out, other two do die. <laughs> yeah, uh, later on, and we'll talk about when they die. But she, she outlives all four of her children, and she outlives both of her husbands. Mm -hmm. And she outlives most of her... She has seven siblings and outlives most of them. So she sees lots of tragedy in her life. Um, but she is strong and, and continues on. Um, so Daniel Park Custis, her husband dies July 1757. He didn't have a will. So ver, per the laws in Virginia at the time, she is awarded all of his property. Hmm. Well, he was rich. <laughs> she, uh, she essentially now is probably the most wealthy woman in Virginia. She has 17,500 acres of land. Wow. And almost 200 slaves. Her combined income or, or worth was like 40,000 pounds at the time. So she was, after her husband dies, she is a wealthy woman. 
Wait, they were still counting them in pounds. Yes. Because mm -hmm. that was, it was, uh, that was before 17, yeah, 1757. Oh, so this I didn't is, even think about that. She, okay. Yeah, this was well before the American Revolution. And what George has been doing up till then has been in the French and Indian War. Hmm. We're not, we're not going to go into, uh, it, it'd be too long to go into detail about George's uh, experience up till then, uh, other than to say, um, he got was uh, got a good reputation from his efforts in the French and Indian War. Mm. Um, so Martha now has White House Plantation. She has other lands too, but uh, there, she is living at White House Plantation. She has two surviving children that she's raising. She learns to manage the plantation, and because it's so huge. Uh, she learns a lot about taking care of things and how to manage things. Uh, she meets George Washington in March of 1758. It's uh, at a home not far down the road from White House. Uh, the gentleman's name was William Chamberlain. Uh, she was at uh, that house one afternoon. Well, guess who comes uh, by? It was a surprise. He was on his way from Williamsburg back up to uh, Mount Vernon, his, his home, his George Washington. So they meet. They may have met a time or two earlier because, you know, society in Virginia at the time, they all kind of knew each other. But uh, that was the first major time where they, now Martha's a widow. George has never married. Uh, it's March of 1758. They hit it off. And they get married in uh, January of 1759. So it's not even, it's less than two years after she's lost uh, her first husband. So if you think about that for a second, they're a newly married couple. George has agreed to be the stepfather of Martha's uh, two young children. Uh, Martha is rich. But they decide they're going to not be stay at White House, and there was there probably was some discussion about that because that was quite a large plantation, a large mansion there. But they decide uh, Martha agrees to move up with George to Mount Vernon. Um, Mount Vernon's farms were less than three thousand acres altogether, so it was only about one sixth the size of what Martha owned. Uh, did she sell it or did she just keep no, it? No, she just she just hung on to it. Um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, what happened to White House later, but it's a huge step for Martha and she leaves most everything behind and when she moves up to Mount Vernon, um, George has inherited Mount Vernon from his uh, his older half-brother Lawrence had owned it, but Lawrence had died. Um, Lawrence's widow, then George, eventually purchases it uh, from her. So bottom line is George and Martha are now settled at Mount Vernon, uh, and George is a stepfather. Hmm. They, uh, Martha worries about her children. Uh, for several years, she she will not travel without them, and she because she's lost her first two children, she is quite indulgent with them, spoils them really, mm -hmm. or tries to spoil them. Um, Patsy, the daughter, um, her health is not ever that good. 
when she's a toddler, she starts to have epileptic seizures. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, they quite often through the next several years while uh, Patsy and Jackie grow up, um, they try to find a cure for uh, Patsy's epilepsy. Uh, one year, 1769, they went over to West, what's now in Western Virginia, Warm Springs. Uh, and they spent several weeks there drinking mineral waters and bathing in, or she did. Uh, but bottom line is they never could find, they didn't have the technology then to know what was causing the seizures. Um, it was disruptive to Washington's travel and social plans. A lot of times they'd be planning something and then she would have a seizure and so they would cancel. Um, but as she gets older into her teenage years, she seems to be improving and goes longer and long, longer time frames where there's no seizures. And the seizures don't uh, seem to be as significant. But in, unfortunately, in June of 1773, while at Mount Vernon, she has a seizure and dies. Oh, gosh. Uh, it was quite traumatic for both George and, and Martha, and um, evidently uh, Patsy was in George's arms uh, and expires. Oh, that's sad. So now Martha is very much devastated. Uh, Jackie, who as a teenager was spoiled, indulged, and worried about excessively by Martha, he becomes essentially a, a wild, wild guy. Um, he's part, he tries to party. He's not interested in academics. Um, they get a tutor for him. He basically doesn't want, isn't much interested in paying attention to the tutor. Uh, Washington's finally put him in a boarding school in Maryland. This is in uh, 1768 when he's 14 years old. Mm -hmm. But like I said, he's not interested in academics. What he is interested in is dogs, guns, and horse racing. And, of course, <laughs> chasing after young, young ladies. He finally graduates, as such as you can call it, from that it was called the Boucher, B-O-U-C-H-E-R Academy. That was the boarding school. He graduates there in 1773, but he's still driving George especially nuts. He's driving him nuts partially because Martha, anytime George tries to do any discipline or anything, Martha doesn't really, you know, support it. Um, she's... So indulging she's being him. a giant pushover. Well, yeah, because that's her, last, that's her last That's her last surviving child. Um, and she and uh, George don't have any of their own children. They think that's because George was sterile. He went down to Barbados with his older half-brother Lawrence earlier. Lawrence had tuberculosis, and they were trying to find a cure for him down in Barbados. Well, while they were down there. And that, by the way, is the only time George ever went outside of the country. Uh, when he was down in Barbados, he got smallpox. And they don't know for sure, but they think that it was that smallpox that made him sterile. Interesting. Because 
she obviously could have children. Mm-hmm. She'd had four, but when they got married, they never had any. So, um, so anyway, the takeaway from this is that <laughs> Jackie is there's they're wondering like what's he he's is he going to end up being any you know useful citizen. Well, he, yeah. <laughs> he does attend, it's called King's College in New York, which is now Columbia University. And they think they he might be making a little bit of turnaround there, but he's only there for one semester because that's right around the same time that his sister, Patsy, dies from the epileptic seizure. So now Martha, at that point... Um, wants him to come back from New York, doesn't want him to be so far away so she can protect him, essentially, and spoil him. Uh, It's about that time that Jackie says, by the way, uh, I'm engaged to be married. Oh. (laughs) And shocks George and Martha, because they had no idea that he was even seeing this young lady. Her name was Eleanor Calvert. She went by Nellie. Anyway, um, so George finally gives up, and I'm going to quote, there's a book called The The General and Mrs. Washington by Bruce Chadwick. Um, Washington thinks they are way too young because Eleanor or or Nellie is only 15 and he's only 19. Um, And I'm quoting from, from the book here, it said, George Washington found himself all alone against a wide-ranging army of family members, neighbors, and educators. It was no secret that he was also just as fond of Nellie Calvert as the rest of the family since the engagement and her frequent visits to Mount Vernon. He wrote that their their campaign had left him the only person opposed to the Union and that with the desire that, quote, with the desires of his mother, Martha, and acquiescence of almost all of his relatives to encounter, I did not care to push my opposition. I have yielded contrary to my judgment, unquote. So So he's the only sensible one here. He's Yeah, George is the only one that's saying, hey, they're too young. Maybe this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. They need to wait three years. And it wasn't that that he didn't like. He thought Nellie was, you know, a good person and would eventually be a good wife but he was like they're too young (laughs) so anyway he finally relents he throws his hand up and said okay you beat me down so i'm gonna agree to this so jackie and nelly get married in february of 1774 he's 19 about 20 she's 15 i think 16 maybe she just turned 16 so they're young they live at White House Plantations, the the plantation that Martha owned and had been in and with her first husband. They, they kept it. Um, they were there for two years. And then Jackie purchases uh, a place called Abingdon. Well, if you've ever been to Washington National Airport, if you've ever flown in and out of there, and you use and you get a rental car there at Washington National Airport. That's where Abington was. Hmm. Now, because he's not really used to uh, or hadn't um, 
been around the block essentially and he gets a very poor deal to purchase Abington and it almost eventually bankrupts him. Wait, uh, why would he buy a place if he was living in the mansion or in the plantation for free? Good question. I can't answer that. All I know is uh, it may have been that they were so far away down south because uh, White House Plantation was, you know, two or three days uh, by carriage to get up to Mount Vernon. Hmm. Uh, good question. I don't know exactly why that was, but bottom line is uh, they get Abingdon. Uh, by then, of course, it's um, the American Revolution has started. Um, Jackie does spend just a little bit of time with Washington up in uh, Boston at the uh, first part of the revolution, but doesn't participate and starts fathering children with Nellie. So he's not participating, he's being a father and take, helping, you know, trying to get Abington going. Um, he and Nellie have seven children, ultimately, four of which survive. Mm -hmm. So the American Revolution is going on, George and Martha. Of course, George is, you know, the head of the Continental Army, uh, becoming a hero to his country. Um and Martha joins him from time to time, uh, especially during the winters um, at the various like Valley Forge and uh, Morristown. So Washington and Martha um, are taking care of the American Revolution, essentially, while Jackie is taking care of his family. Finally, after six years at war, because Washington hasn't seen Mount Vernon for almost six years while he's fighting the British in the American Revolution. Toward the end of the war, the campaign at Yorktown, Virginia, Washington and the French commander Rochambeau come south and they go by Mount Vernon. First time George has seen it in six years. Uh, while he is there, Jackie joins them because Abington is just up the road. Jackie at that point insists that he wants to now participate in the army. Is this like after all the hard work is done? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, sign yeah. me up, I guess, now. You, yeah, you could kind of look at it that way or you could say, well, he, you know, had to be a father to his kids. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that assessment. Well, part of the thing, though, was Martha... Martha's like, no, don't even think about it. You're my last surviving child. You're not going to get killed in this war. So Martha's dead set against uh, Jackie participating in the Yorktown campaign. Hmm. And so her husband can go all over the place. Yeah. But well, and she joins him. I mean, she's brave and she joins him from time to time. But yeah, that's, you know, it's like you're not going to get our last child killed here. So Washington then finally says, okay, because Jackie's like, no, I'm going, you know, I'm participating. Um, so they, they essentially come to a compromise and George says, okay, you'll, you can be on my staff. You can be an uh, aide on my staff, but you're not going to be in frontline combat. Hmm. So with that, Jackie goes down, participates in the Yorktown campaign. Mm-hmm. 
Yorktown campaign is the ultimate uh, campaign of the American Revolution. It is a huge American and French victory. It's in October of 1781. But unfortunately, right as, after all this many, many years of Washington campaigning, and they finally win at Yorktown, and they think they've won, done what they need to in the revolution, well, guess what? Jackie, even though he hasn't been in combat, most casualties in war at that up till then were from sickness. Mm -hmm. Jackie gets sick from from they believe it was dysentery. Mm -hmm. And a month after the campaign is over, he dies in November of 1781. <laughs> oh my Jackie's wife has four children. They're young. And at that point, Nellie is like, I don't think I can handle all four children. So George and Martha, um, as the revolution comes to an end, they say, okay, we will take two of those four children. They split them in half? Yes. Oh my gosh. And that doesn't sound like a good so, idea. Well, you know, you'd have to understand what Nellie's situation was. Uh, we don't really have time to go into all of that, but uh, what a takeaway is so it's kind of deja vu for George and Martha Washington. They had Patsy and Jackie, you know. Martha's children, George's stepchildren, well now they're all gone and but the grandchildren, two of them, a son and a daughter, now are at Mount eventually at Mount Vernon again, and George and Martha have adopted them. So it's Martha's grandchildren, George's step grandchildren. And their names were George Washington Park Custis. They called him Wash. He never knew Jackie, his father, because he was born about seven months after, uh, uh, before Jackie died in mm. November of 1781. And then there was Eleanor Park Custis. They called her Nellie, a, a second Nellie. Um, so that's George and Martha's grandchildren now. Um, Martha's seen lots of tragedy um and then just to finish up george washington park custis he eventually gets uh, a plantation called arlington just up the road from abington and he marries a woman they have a daughter that daughter marries robert e lee the famous con eventually becomes the famous Confederate general, and they inherit Arlington, uh, George Washington Park Custis's place when he dies. So now Robert E. Lee um, leaves to go uh, be with Virginia and the Confederacy. Um, the house that is now Arlington National Cemetery is called Arlington House, or it's some people call it the Custis Lee Mansion because it was 
George Washington Park Custis, Martha's grandson. Uh, and then his son-in-law is Robert E. Lee. So some people call it the Custis Lee Mansion, but it's the Arlington House at Arlington National Cemetery. It becomes Arlington National Cemetery because Robert E. Lee, when he leaves to go and fight for the Confederacy, because he says, I can't fight against my home state of Virginia, mm -hmm. um, he leaves Arlington and he is made an enemy, well, many en enemies, but one enemy in the Union forces that he served with was named Montgomery Meigs. Meigs was in charge of burials for the Union, and he was having a lot of places to bury, or needing a lot of places to bury people because of so many casualties from the Civil War. And he looks at Arlington, and he's, and he's so upset with Robert E. Lee that he says, I'm going to make it so he can never live there again. Oh, my gosh. And he starts burying people there. Oh, wow. So George Washington Park Custis's Arlington that he starts mm -hmm. becomes eventually Arlington National Cemetery. Hmm. I didn't know that. Story. So um, now Nellie, Martha's granddaughter, she is in Philadelphia with the Washingtons while they are president. Wash was with them too, but she was kind of the first uh, tabloid because a lot of the newspapers in Philadelphia wanted to keep track because she was, they were like, okay, well, what's going to happen with her? She's a young woman. Who's she going to marry? Who's she dating? Um, she eventually marries one of Washington's staff officers. His last name was Lewis. And they give uh, George and Martha, give them a present of a part of what was uh, the, the farms around Mount Vernon. Um, it's called Woodlawn Plantation. Anyway, that's where, uh, that's where Nellie ended up. Uh, after George and Martha come back, after George has been president, they moved back to Mount Vernon from Philadelphia in, uh, 1797. Uh, it's in December of 1799 when George dies from Quincy. Martha at that point now has lost all four of her children and both of her husbands, a lot of her siblings. So she's seen a lot of death. Essentially when Washington dies, she loses interest, interest in living. She's like, I've just had enough. And she dies in uh, about two years later in 1802. Hmm. So anyway, that's, that's a quick summary. Um, wow. Just wanted to, you know, go over some of the particulars. Uh, but I, I just think it's very interesting that you kind of, the legend of George and Martha Washington and, you know, the first president and first first lady and all of that. But uh, their family situation, she was quite protective and uh, indulgent of her children and her grandchildren. And I just think it's very interesting that George had family problems like a lot of families have. Uh, he would get into discussions with, with Martha and it's like, hey, I think we need to do this. But she, you know, like, was uh -uh. <laughs> like, oh, well, don't even nope. think about it. I, you know, they're my last kids. I don't care if you're the president. We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, 
she wanted to protect her children and then protect her grandchildren. Mm. In fact, Nellie, the granddaughter, said of George Washington Park Custis, they called him Wash, they said, Grandma would was always spoiling Wash. <laughs> so I think just think it's interesting that there was that aspect of that you don't really hear a whole lot mm. about in terms of the the Washingtons. Wow. Yeah, that's a good story, Dad. Okay. So what's on the next agenda? Are we doing George Washington again? Well, I think actually we're probably going to move on and... Uh, um, the Virginia presidents we haven't talked about yet are uh, uh, Monroe and then John Tyler. So uh, I think I'll probably do go a little bit out of order because I've visited John Tyler's plantation. It's called Sherwood Forest. So we'll talk about Tyler and then, uh, then eventually get to uh, Monroe. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening.